everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. I want to talk to you about the very depressing subject called depression. What is depression? Depression is an intense feeling of helplessness and hopelessness that leads to sadness. That's what depression is. And I know in a crowd this size with thousands of people, we have people going through depression. There's no doubt about it. Some are in the midst of it. Maybe you don't look like it. You don't smell like it. You don't act like it. But down deep, you're depressed. Others might be on the edge and the ledge of depression. You're about to go into it. And there's some trigger points that you must realize that will lead you into this. Depression, though, is real. It's not something phony or fake. It's not something that just the hyper-emotional people deal with. It's real. And it's so real, it's talked about in Scripture a lot. Isn't that that interesting? Some of the great people in Scripture went through depression. If you're going through depression, you have something in common with the Apostle Paul, Simon Peter. If you're going through depression, you have something in common with today's character we're going to look at again, Elijah. We've been talking about Elijah because I'm in a series called Push Me, Pull Me. It's the double-minded life. Dr. Doolittle introduced the Push Me, Pull Me creature, a llama's body with two heads, one head going one way, another head going the other. Push me, pull me, push me, pull me, push me, pull me. The back and forth life. James, the half-brother of Jesus, talked about being double-minded. He said, watch out. If you're double-minded, if you're double-minded, you're unstable in all of your ways. The word double-minded comes from the Greek term dipsuchos, which means you're twice sold. You're sitting on the fence. You're, You're back and forth. And it's so sexy these days to just sit on the fence, isn't it? Just to... That thing was falling. Let's see if I can use my incredible balance to sit on the fence without it falling. If I do, I want a standing ovation, okay? I'm 55 years old. Give me some love. If, oh wait, if I can do it without falling over. If I, if I don't, just go, whoa, he's 55, honey. I'm going to do it. Yes! I did it! Woo! Okay, thank you, thank you. Wow. Too many people in our culture today sit on the fence. We straddle the fence. We go back and forth. Our boy, Elijah, you won't believe this. Elijah, he was on an absolute roll, secured one of the greatest victories ever, yet after that, 
he goes into depression. I'm like, what? We need to watch out for the after. The after. What do you mean the after? After the windfall. After the honeymoon. After the spiritual high point. After the victory. What happens after? You remember our Savior Jesus? Jesus, after his baptism, was driven out into the wilderness and faced the temptation. So the Bible not only paints the strong parts of characters, it also paints the tough parts. The Bible not only paints the dynamic aspects of people, but also the depressing aspects of people. I have dealt with depression. And if you're honest, so have you. Whenever I meet someone who goes, oh no, I've never dealt with depression. I know I'm talking to someone who's probably dealing with it right now. They're just totally self-unaware. James chapter five, verse 17. You know what James said? He said, Elijah was a man subject to passions like ours. So one minute, whoa, he's a hero, the toast of the town. The next minute, a complete zero who threw a black tie invitational pity party. And he only invited himself. Elijah, Elijah, God's spokesperson. Think about Israel during this time. First Kings chapter 18 and 19 talks about it. Israel was in a faith funk. They had the wrong king, King Ahab. King Ahab married the wrong woman. She was gorgeous, but mean as a pit viper, Jezebel. She hated Elijah. She got the whole nation of Israel, God's chosen people, into Baal worship. What was Baal worship? In essence, worshiping power, possessions, and pleasure. It was really cool to sit on the fence if you were in Israel during that time because you could go to Baal worship and have all the sex you wanted. You could go to the Baal temple and they would bless you with fertility and, 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 and the sun God and this person would do this and that person would do that. So they wanted a little bit of Baal worship but a little bit of God, a little bit of Jehovah and a little bit of craziness. One foot in, one foot out. Push me, pull me sitting on the fence. These are God's people, God's chosen people. So Elijah was like, you know, you guys are in trouble. He pointed out Elijah and Jezebel. He said, it's not going to rain for 42 months. And it's because of your sin. Then Elijah got really bold. He looked at them and he said, you know what? You talk about Baal. You talk about all this stuff, power and possessions and pleasure. Let's have a God contest. And I'll play against your God on Baal Field, Mount Carmel. Elijah versus 850 prophets of Baal. You build an altar and you pray. And after that, I'll build an altar and I'll pray. Whichever God answers by fire is the God that wins. So these people, these prophets, they start freaking out, jumping around, cutting themselves for nine hours, for nine hours. Silence. Baal worship is, in effect, 
in our world today, wouldn't you say? Power, possessions, pleasure. I meet so many people. Power, answer me! Power! Silence. Possessions! One more million will do it. This opportunity will do it. This client will do it. This car will do it. This house will do it. Silence. And we're trying to get lowercase g gods to only answer what uppercase g gods can give us. Baal will put you in jail. What seems like freedom will actually incarcerate you. So for nine hours, it didn't work. And Elijah was talking trash to him. Then, after they tried and Baal was silent, what do you think Elijah did? Threw up a quick prayer, and God, boom, answers by fire. Consumes the altar, everything. Jehovah wins. But I want you to notice something in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 21. Look what Elijah said to the people. Elijah challenged the people. How long are you going to sit on the fence? If God is the real God, follow him. If it's Baal, follow him. Make up your minds. Make up your minds. And the Bible says in verse 21, nobody said a word. Push me, pull me back and forth. So after this, I set this whole depression thing up. Elijah goes into depression. Come on, Elijah. You just secured this incredible victory. Now you're going into depression? What is up with that? Here's how we go into depression. First of all, we're double-minded, and double-mindedness can kick us into depression. The first stage is the freak-out stage. He just freaked. Freaked. Do you know why Elijah freaked? A text message. You're like, Ed, get out of town. There's a text message in the Bible? I'm going to show you. Elijah looked at his iPhone. Oh, wow. The Bible says in 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 2 and 3, she sent a message, it's a text, to Elijah. You kill my prophets, now I'm going to kill you. You're gone. Elijah looked at his Rolex sundial watch. He's like, whoa, in 24 hours I'm done. I've got to do something. Elijah was emotionally exhausted. He was toast, adrenaline fatigue. I want you to read this verse. Here's what, I don't know if Jesus said this. It's out of the NEV. You will know your feelings and your feelings will set you free. That's out of the new emotional version of the Bible (laughs) that I just wrote. No, Jesus didn't say those words. Some are going, whoa, I love that. (laughs) That's not in the Bible. Here Here is what it says. Jesus said, you will know the what? Truth. Say it again, you will know the what? Truth. And the truth will set you free. So 
When I base my life on truth, yeah, you're going to have feelings off of truth. My feelings, though, will lie to me. When you're exhausted, I love what a Christian counselor told me one time. Ed, always halt. If you're ever too hungry, too angry, too lonely, or too tired, watch out. Because your feelings can dominate and they can cause you to do things you normally won't do. You've got to allow truth and commitment to trump your feelings. Elijah should have said, God, I know who I am because of you. I know your plan. And I know there's a lot of believers out there, but he lost it because he turned inward. So he freaked out. Here's the next phase. And, 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 and we all do this. He was like running. <laughs> he was getting out of there, running from Jezebel. And the Bible says he ran all the way to a place called Beersheba. And if you study the geography, his movement geographically showed that he was giving up. God, I'm done. You're like, Elijah, you're one of the great men of God ever. I've had enough. I'm the only one and I'm out. He went to Beersheba. The name Beersheba means well of an oath. Elijah, with his fleeing, was saying to God, God, I'm making an oath. I quit. I'm not going to do this anymore. The price is too high. And he did something really stupid too. And I've, and I've done this before. We all have. When he got to Beersheba, he dropped off his close friend. One of the members of his squad, his team, his group. Dropped him off, the Bible says. Isolation. So you could say the first stage is exaggeration. The second stage is isolation. I'm just going to be by myself. I know what's right for me. And if I feel what's right for me, that must be true. No, you could have eaten a bad pizza. Because what you feel like or what I feel like has nothing to do with whether something is true or not. I hope you realize that. So 1 Kings 19, when he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there, stupid. While he himself, (laughs) come on, man. While he himself went out in the desert and he came to this, this, this thing called a broom tree. 14 feet tall, only room for one. Party of one. My name is Bitter. It's just enough room for one under the broom tree. When we get under a broom tree, we take out our broom, don't we? And we sweep. That's what he did. He swept all of his problems in this big old pile under the broom tree. As I said earlier, black tie invitational pity party. I'm the only one. I'm the man. God, I tried, but this is just horrible. Under a broom tree. Wow. Then he was suicidal. God, I want to die. I pray that you would take my life. I'm done. I'm done. Mm -mm. And then if you look at the last part of verse four, I, I cannot believe Elijah is saying this. I mean, I just can't believe it. I'm no longer, I'm sorry, I'm no better 
than my ancestors. Now think about that. This is Elijah playing the comparison game. Elijah, who brought up your ancestors? I'm no better than my ancestors. He's just under the broom tree looking at his pile of problems saying, God, just take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. (gasps) I love social media. Hope you follow me and follow fellowship. We do a great job. Our social media team is ridiculous. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I do this thing called Instagram on that and Instagram story. I love that. It's fun. It's cool. Social media, you know? There's a great side to social media, but there's a sinister side to social media. The sinister side, the evil side, is this comparison game. We look at Facebook, we read Twitter, Instagram. Wow, you get to drive this and I'm just stuck under the broom tree. You get to marry him and I'm just stuck under the broom tree. You travel to the British Virgin Islands and I'm just stuck under the broom tree. You get to meet that celebrity and I'm just stuck under the broom tree. God, just take my life. I'm the only one. I'm worthless. I don't even pale in comparison. I mean, look at, look at her figure and I'm under the broom tree. Every time I compare myself with someone, I'm making a mockery of God's creative genius. Every time I compare myself with someone, I'm wasting my time. You be you. Elijah, there's only one of you. You've got 7,000 brothers here in Israel. What's wrong with you, man? What's wrong with you? Under a broom tree, started comparing himself. And then, you know what happened? Now, this is, this is just supernatural. He goes to sleep. And sometimes, one of the best things we can do when it comes to depression is just sleep. And then an angel, let me, let me read this to you. I love it, I love it. It says, it says then he lay down under the tree and fell asleep, verse five. <laughs> All at once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. Elijah, there's an IHOP. <laughs> I'm serious. Israelite house of pancakes. <laughs> he looked around. Let's keep reading. Verse six. And there by his head was a cake of bread, I told you, over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank. I love those harvest nut pancakes at IHOP. I had them a couple of days ago. Carbs are good. Maple syrup. I love it. I love it. I love it. He ate and drank and then, (laughs) and then lay down again. Sometimes the most spiritual thing we can do is just sleep and eat. That's okay. Then we go to the third stage, the, the, the freak out stage or the feeling stage, you know, 
the, the, the fleeing stage, you isolate yourself, which is stupid, which we all have a tendency to do. Then we have the fragmented stage, the push me, pull me stage. And, and this will lead us into depression, the fragmented stage. He then, and God never tells him to do this. God never told him to go to Beersheba. God never told him to drop off his homie. God never told him to go to the broom tree. God never told him to take, are you ready for this? A 200 mile journey into the desert by himself. (laughs) What are you doing, Elijah? Depression, It, it, it messes us up. First Kings 19, verse eight. So Elijah sat up and ate and drank. Of course, he had so many carbs, he had all his energy. And the food and water made him strong enough to walk 40 more days to Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai, 10 commandments. In this area, that's where God's chosen people, the Israelites were fed manna burgers from heaven. And he spent the night there in a cave. Everything was caving in. I mean, come on, Elijah, you're in a cave? Really? Really? And then while he was there, God asked him a question. Now, we know that God doesn't have to ask us questions. He knows everything. He's sovereign. He's omniscient. But he asks questions, so we'll assess our situation. Elijah, this is what God said. Why are you here? Because Elijah's always been a there man. I'm there. I'm ready. God's like, why are you here? On Mount Sinai? Really? Really? You're that far away from my will and power and purpose? Really? You're, 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 that, you're that caught up in being double-minded? Really? Back and forth, back and forth. You, Elijah? Really? In depression? Really? Maybe God's asking you and me that same question. Why are you here? Why are you here? And here's the beautiful thing about Elijah. Elijah listened. He didn't just hear, he listened. Listening is active. It's like, okay, well, I hear you. Now I'm going to do something about it. But I love his answer. (laughs) He said, he said, I've always done my best to obey you. You're powerful. But your people have broken their solemn promise to you, blaming, you know, which happens all the time. They've torn down your altars and killed all your prophets, except me. He still doesn't get it, does he? And now they're even trying to kill me. Well, God asked him this question again. You know what God says? Amen. Hey, E-Train, go back the way you came. And while you're going back, I want you to appoint some leaders to open up a can on these Baal worshipers because when we get the Baal out, we'll get the hell out. So I want you to do something. Elijah obeyed. He listened. Have you ever driven a bus before? Do we have any bus drivers? You've driven like the yellow dog, the yellow dragon school bus. Anybody, anybody? Yeah, yeah, thank you for being honest. I love it. I, growing up, you know, rode the bus a lot especially when I was junior high and high school. And, and I learned something from bus drivers. Every time you cross a train track, and we had to cross a lot of them in the dirty South, stop, look, and listen. Because if you didn't, 
You could become a casualty in a train wreck. That's what Elijah did. That's what I need to do and you need to do. We may start becoming double-minded when we start fighting depression, when we start sitting on the fence. Stop. Look and listen. God says, Elijah, I'm passing by. Was God in the earthquake? Nope. Was God in the wind? Nope. Was God in the fire? Earth, wind, and fire? Nope. The Bible says a still, small voice. And Elijah bowed and looked to God, woke up and smelled the espresso, went back and did what God wanted him to do. Stop, look, and listen. Maybe, just maybe, you're in depression. Maybe for you, you need to walk into a Christian counselor's office. I don't know, maybe that's your step. Maybe you find yourself on the edge of it. You need to stop, look, and listen. Maybe you need to sleep. Maybe you need to eat. Maybe you need to find something to replenish your soul. I would challenge you to to become a part of the only thing that Jesus built, the church. Friends, we need to understand the power of faith and the power of truth and the power of our emotions and feelings. We need to understand that when we share with others in a small group in church, that they are dealing with the same stuff we are. Elijah thought he was the only one. Maybe you feel like you're the only mom going through this. Maybe you feel like you're the only spouse going through this. Maybe you feel like you're the only student facing this. Maybe you feel like you're the only pastor dealing with this. Revealing your feeling is the beginning of healing. Thank you for listening and thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless. God bless.